is a code of silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, my name is Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 25th, 2008. For those who heard the previous two hours I did filling in for John Stadmiller, you'll know that I'm kind of on a roll to go into another level in all of this, the level that's beyond the trivia that's given to us to chatter about at the bottom level. The stuff that's constantly rolled out of the printing presses, which ties us up and gets us nowhere because really we have no saying things at that level. There is no power to alter. To alter anything in life, you must go much higher and realize what you want to alter, why you want to alter it, and what you're trying to keep a hold of. And when you realize that these big boys are after your soul to an extent, your ability to think all that is you, you know then that you're in the final war, the big war, the only war there is, the only game in town there is. It goes beyond choosing careers of what you're going to do next week or where you're going your heart is. This is it. It's happening now. For newcomers, I ask you to look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. It's the best way to try and get into lots of the information I've put out in the past dealing with this megalithic structure that's all around us, that's moving us all towards what they call a brave new world, a new world order, long in the planning and making. Also look into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, and download the transcripts, which are in the various languages of Europe. Print them up and pass them around to people you know. And be, be aware that you'll get some rebuffs as well, and you'll find that a lot of people you know are living in the old reality, the one that's authorized that they be in. That's what the matrix is. It's the authorized, authorized version of reality. And most people are quite happy within it, as long as they themselves don't find that their lives are turned upside down too quickly. As long as it's step by step, they'll adapt. They'll adapt into anything that's given to them, in fact whether it's in new morality, old morality, whatever, they'll adapt to it and and without thinking. Just the same way that most people out there adapted to everything being made in China, and it suddenly all appeared in the stores, and now they think it's always been made in China. That's as far as they think, because they don't think very much. Most people do not reason throughout their entire lives. They react. That's the sad state of the world. Now, every major player in this agenda has talked about the need to create a new religion since religions have been so effective in the past not only to control vast amounts of people but to direct them into the next part which is of the future, basically. Gorbachev talked about it, he wrote about it in his own book, Towards a New Civilization. 
how it'd be earth worship based, a sort of pantheistic nature combination with spirit and soul. And he wasn't inventing it really. He was simply talking about the updating of it. They'd already started the invention of it in the 60s when they brought Eastern religion into the West through rock music and certain groups that they sent over there to start it off. The Maharishi, of course, was well known as the first guy to be picked for this until even the Beatles found out he was a fraud when he was playing with the little boy and they wrote the song Sexy Sadie, which is Sadie, he let them down. Still, the movement goes on back after this break with more. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Talking about how they always create a religion for the new era. And that's admitted to by the big players themselves and their spokesmen and spokespeople like Bertrand Russell and others. And even with Michael Gorbachev, who was sent out into the West as they merged two systems together. And you even find the report that Norman Dodd did on that in the Rees Commission. It's up on a Google site, in fact where he talks about how stunned he was to find out, way back in the 60s, I think it was, that the big foundations were working hard through lobbying, etc., and promoting through magazines and newspapers so that they could eventually amalgamate the Soviet system into the West and bring them both together. An official investigation into it was done. It was called the Rees Commission. And that's been done. But here is the top man, remember, Michael Gorbachev, who was the president of the Soviet Union, who came over to the States and set up the Presidio. That was all arranged for him, too. He put his little green flag out there with a cross, the green cross, which of Lazarus, the Knights of Lazarus. That's what that stands for. And he'd been wooed by the West and even taken across the planet by Margaret Thatcher, the ultra-conservative, supposedly. The media itself did a great con job on the public by accepting the terms of interviews with Gorbachev and his wife, and they swore not to ask any questions about politics. All I talked about was her lipstick, her hair, uh, the cut of Mr. Gorbachev's suit. He was a new type of Soviet, very trendy. And they even did a poll at the end where they asked the Americans if, if he was running for presidency, would you vote for him? And they came up with 75% said, yeah. That's how easy it is to con the public. And then a few years later, they admitted they'd agreed not to ask any pertinent questions. This is the same media that tells you what to think about, what not to think about. Still operating today. But Gorbachev talks about the creation of the new religion that was already underway, well underway. In fact, during Khrushchev's era, Khrushchev had a department within the KGB working on what he called the New Age phenomena, with guys out checking up on to see if it was really taking off. It was imperative that it take off because it already decided that to bring the planet under subjugation, where they'd allow scientists who talked about the earth and nature and sustainability to control the people, they'd have to create a form of religion for it. And you must get supporters for agendas. Therefore, you create the religion that gives you the supporters 
and we roughly call it the new age but something that was long before even the Beatles kicked off the second phase it was started off in the 1800s with Madame Blavatsky who was eventually given a Masonic charter to exist in her own rights to get the females into it and that was to blend Eastern religion with the West for the coming times which is happening now and for a lot of people out there who are totally brainwashed it makes sense to them Mother Earth, Gia, spirituality science, environment it's all mixed into one but it's dominated by the scientists that tend to ignore that part or they see them as new priests who think the same way as they do this article is from the Globe and Mail Friday the 4th, 2008 it's called Meet the Gatekeepers of Spiritual Awakening a mission control of the Kripalu Center in Massachusetts programmers decide what will fly with the new age crowd by Andy Newman in the last Tuesday in June the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health was a new age encyclopedia come to life now, yoga was brought out, say, by the Maharishi big time, and he tried to, to sell it first as a religion until there was a backlash. They didn't want him selling his stuff as a religion. And so he changed it. He went back and he packaged it and said it was scientific techniques to relax yourself. And that's how they sold it to America. And yoga, by the way, was invented initially, supposedly, for the devotees to cut all the reincarnations so they wouldn't have to come back again they could get to nirvana by contortions a room full of seekers pursued total immersion for total transformation total transformation see the little words there that get you ready for something else that ties in with the oneness and the chip and everything else not happy with who you are you want to transform transformers a lecture demonstrated yoga poses to combat anxiety and depression Pounding music issued from a gym-like hall where an inventor of a movement experience, that sounds like something that happens in the bathroom, called Journey Dance, supervised the liberation of her trainees' second chakras. They're only chakras, you know. It's amazing that the grandparents would say, what? Chakras? How quickly they've adopted a religion. A religion. Amazing. The burning in our souls and the fever in our hearts and the fervor in our eyes as we're hopping or hoping and praying when the soundtrack as women waved their arms heavenward or sat cross-legged on the floor. So many paths to serenity, so many pilgrims, 30,000 guests a year come to Kripalu, which builds itself as the biggest retreat center in the United States, offering 700 workshops and seminars annually. You'd be surprised how many, as he's aimed primarily at women, and the New Age was designed to mainly go for the female psyche. And you'll find that most of the big teacher associations are, they all go to this particular center and other ones. They get their indoctrination. Then they go back to, to their schools. And you know they're actually teaching Kabbalah in schools. You can't teach any other religion, but you can teach Kabbalah. Interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? But behind the scenes in a crowded second floor suite at Kripalu's sprawling lakefront campus in the Berkshires, things are a tad less restful. Beneath a long expanse of whiteboard and corkboard plastered with thousands of color-coded sheets and dots laying out each day's offerings from 2007 through the end of the year, phones ring ceaselessly. Gaps between projected and actual attendances are tracked like stock prices 
and self-proclaimed visionaries and healers are subjected to the scrutiny of veteran vetters. This is Kripalu's programming office, known internationally or internally as Mission Control or Grand Central, where the gatekeepers decide who merits the instant respectability a player like Kripalu confers in the ever-expanding LOHAS industry. What's LOHAS? L-O-H-A-S. Lifestyles of health and sustainability. So see, they wrap in sustainability into the religion, just like I talked about with Michael Gorbachev. And they're all getting brainwashed into it, and they don't even know it. It says here, Kapala's programming director, Denise Barak, which is just a variation of Baruch, gestured at the room-long scheduling board. We could do a commercial for post-it, she said. Anyone who sets foot in a health food store has seen the bulging catalogs for holistic centers like Kerpalu or Eslin or the Omega Institute. I don't know if you know the CIA were behind all those big boys because the CIA were into cult programming long ago and they're using it on a much larger scale now. It's given the, the tame, tough respectability. They call it sciences. But the same boys run it. Need a religion for a new age. The course listings can seem almost like a collection of randomly combined buzzwords, like path and wellness. Remember when the wellness thing came out? You stopped saying, how's your health? It says, how's your wellness? And everyone adapted to it like it was quite natural. Uh, Rumi goddess is another one. Rumi goddess, awakening. But deciding what goes into those catalogs is a process that leaves little to chance or flow. With one hand firmly on the bottom line and the other grasping for the spiritual firmament, the people who run Kripalu are engaged in a sort of permanent yoga stretch. We're constantly re-examining, said Kripalu's president, Isla Sarli, what are the needs? What are the needs of the market? What are the needs of society? So they're in a, a social thing, you see, a social movement, needs of society. In the end, everything comes down to what will bring bodies into the door. What we're looking at, Ms. Sarli said, is what will some way Somebody paid to take a vacation to do what they do. In other words, how much will they pay to take a vacation there? People will usually pay, of course, to vacation at the feet of a bona fide New Age celebrity. Outside the Journey dance room, Miss Barak, an energetic 48-year-old with big eyes and a beaming smile, pointed out a craggy-faced man named David Williams on a promotional poster for a coming Ashtanga Yoga Festival. This is, this is in the States. Have you ever been to India? If not, and you want to think about the New Age, go to India and go to the big cities and try and live there and see how they treat each other, see how they treat the poor or the infirm or the crippled. You don't help them because if you help them, interfere with their karma. It's the greatest use for the New Age. I don't have to do anything to help anyone because that's their karma and if I touch them, then I'll get their bad karma on me. So I'll just look at the positive and turn away from the negative. This is what's all immersed in. Total hedonism. It's incredible. We spend money on chocolate, said Miss Barak, added, recalling a time she sent a programmer to a conference in Chicago to apply Deepak Chopra with bonbons. Business deals and the details of seminars are hammered out on the lake behind Kripalu, one presenter told Miss Barak, Kaikayan is your golf. The lake also affords privacy from the clutch of devotees, which can be hard to come by. People have 
not groupies, but people really want to be in their presence. As Barak said, yeah, it's true, they want to worship people. During India, a guru in India is actually a god. Did you know that? It's not just a teacher in, in India, it's a god. And in the Maharishi's own temple over in India, it's chiseled in stone that he is the highest of the gods. In all languages, it's chiseled there. Do you know you're into God worship here? Human being God worship? Is that what you want, to worship people that walk around? Quite amazing, isn't it? But you have no idea of the money funding and work it went into creating this new religion that's now part of the earth worship. Back with more after this break. folks, this is Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix and showing you the different aspects of the systems and programs within the matrix and one of them happens to be the new religion because it's a purpose, a purpose unknown to those who follow it. Followers of anything generally don't know very much at all, but those who lead it certainly do and those who created it certainly do. And it's not the people you generally see in the front pages. You know, the CIA have admitted they were involved in the setting up of Feinstein and other ones. It was Feinstein or Gloria Steinem. And even set her up with a magazine and all the rest of it. And she, she brought in the whole feminist concept with spirituality and, and Eastern guruism and witchcraft and all the rest of it to help prepare her part for the New Age. And lots of other ones were doing their thing as well. I always refer to the Jonestown experiment. There's many experiments going on to do with cults and how the mind works and how people become devotees. And they studied those in India. Sleep deprivation, lack of food, a few sleeping hours, getting them up at all times so there's no, no regular sleeping pattern. And then you watch them how they become devotees and who they would end up worshipping the guru. But they decided to use this for the West because it fitted in perfectly well with this whole new world order idea where people would listen to scientists that would speak on behalf of saving the planet. And that would all be familiar to all the New Agers who have been indoctrinated with globalism, greenism, and all the other isms that are out there. The greening of the planet, sustainability, Maurice Strong. I've even got a photograph of Maurice Strong from McLean's magazine with his wife Hannah down in back of Grandy Ranch, sitting cross-legged, doing his little meditation as he worships himself as a higher god, you see. even shows you the religion behind it because there's a tower down there copied after the big one in Iraq. The tower with the spiral staircase which you walk up. And you attain the higher levels. That's the helter skelter. And you come down the same way to the earth be reincarnated and you walk your way up to find your, your heaven on earth the stairway to heaven occult stuff occult stuff that's known to the higher initiates but you have this massive greening movement to say all coming together we don't have health anymore with wellness and bad genes and eugenics all combining together and a religion has been created of hedonism where you don't look at the negative you only look at the positive things. Turn your back on all the bad stuff. 
society. Perfect. The New Age religion. Now see, Gorbachev is only one of many, and Khrushchev before him had departments working on this and keeping check on it to see how it was progressing in the West. That's the world we live in, full of mystique and agendas. Now we've got Joshua from New York there. Are you there, Joshua? Hello, Alan. Can you yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just uh, first of all want to apologize. I'm calling uh, from my job right now. I work in a pulp mill, so if they've got radio interception there, I apologize. But uh, it's actually kind of uh, synchronistic that I called tonight because uh, I called to talk about uh, The Next Million Years by Charles Galton Darwin. I almost finished reading that, and, and there's a clear example of this whole creating of a new religion. Uh, I mean, he dedicated uh, the better half of at least at least half of his book talking about how we need a new religion that's going to go ahead and allow this, uh, you know, uh, downsizing of the population where it's okay. It's okay not to have children. It's actually good. It's you're, that's right. You're, you're building upon it. Um, but I was going to go in a different direction with that, Alan. Uh, I, I first of all, you know, I got the book. Online, I, I downloaded it uh, from a, a, one of them peer-to-peer -peer things there, and uh, I know that there's always a possibility that you're not getting the full book uh, when you do that, you know. Um, but I, I, you know, checking, making sure all the pages are there and stuff like that. But you know how easy it is to uh, manipulate something like that on a computer. But yeah. um, mm -hmm. there's a chapter in there, and I believe it's the one on the wild, the wild being or something like that, in reference to humans. Yeah. And at the tail end of it. He leaves this little nugget that just threw my mind for a whirl because from my perception of that chapter, I, I, I did not at all grasp how he left it. And like I said, I'm, I'm reading it now, and I'm towards the end of the book, uh, and I've had to kind of put it on the back shelf. I'm in the prediction section, but I've, uh, I'm expecting a child here, so I'm doing all my research that I can to try to convince my, my politically correct anti-spouse that uh, vaccines are not all that they're cracked up to be so it's taking up most of my time but uh, anyway um, there's one reference he makes at the tail end of this chapter is and I, I might be getting the pronunciation wrong uh, homo pedophilius mm -hmm. and I, I, like I said I mean I, I understand I grasp what the, the, the definition of that term means obviously but uh, I just I, 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 I didn't get like I said, I didn't finish reading the book yet, but I, I'm having trouble understanding how he just threw that in there mm -hmm. with nothing, you know, backing up to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, you know, the wild beings, man, man by nature needs to have a certain portion of them to remain wild, and then all of a sudden, boom! Oh yeah, we're going to have some homo pedophilia going on. It's like, yeah. where did that come from? How, how, did, was he was he really thinking the casual reader was just going to read that and not grasp that that was totally off the premise of that chapter, or am I am I not through the book enough, or have I not read a certain part of the book that might have been black, blacked out that uh, further explains how he came to that conclusion? Yeah. Well, what what it is, you understand, they have a religion behind this, and I'll explain that part of it after this break. So listen off the air if you want. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Hi, I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And the last caller there was t- asking about Charles Galton Darwin, how he slipped that in, a particular thing to do with a, a paedophilia. i got to understand that in ancient philosopher times in Greece, it was the normal thing to team up with a young boy and to devote, as I say, your love to the young boy, meaning uh, that became your lover. And this was advocated as the supreme form of love over everything else. In fact, in those Christian times, the female was simply there in order to have offspring of the lineages for the, as far as aristocracy were concerned. But uh, the highest form of love to them was this sort of pedophilia love that was normalcy. And these big characters and these elite families don't really see anything wrong with that. They never have uh, seen anything wrong with that. Uh, if you look at the wealthy, noble families and their histories, it's shocking because they have a different inner life than the general public have regarding their sexuality. The males just team up with the females or are, are teamed up with the females for the offspring. And once they've had them, they both can live together but do their own thing in whatever fashion that may be, including pedophilia. And even some recent royalty were well known for that too. Um, and even some clubs in London, uh, certain members of the royal family used to bring little boys in. You couldn't get through the doors if you were Joe Ordinary and you couldn't afford it. And yet everyone knew and all the top media knew as well and they kept it quiet. So this is acceptable, this particular type of so-called bonding. And it goes into, again, another occultic side to do with Melchizedek, what they call loosely Melchizedek, which is a statue that you'll find in all top Masonic lodges. And it's really for what Melchizedek stands for. Melchizedek stands for a god on earth. A god on earth. And they give you the allegorical story of people coming out of Israel or Egypt and meeting Melchizedek on the way. And they give him all the attributes and the, the offerings that you only give to a god. And so much so, these particular people fought a neighboring tribe and gave Melchizedek but half the slaves. That was to honor the god, the seed of Zadok, as they say, and the lord Mel. So he's also called the lord of the seed as well. So this, this particular thing is to do with Melchizedek, who always has an apprentice. And for the wisest men to get an apprentice, a young apprentice, that they could love and be in tune with, closer than any wife, according to them, was the highest achievement and emotion and creativity you could ever, ever have. The movie Storm of the Century has a Melchizedek figure, and that's what he's after in it, a young boy. As well worth seeing that movie the way it was portrayed by a master, obviously. And on there's a, a there's a lot of videos up there. It's called True Stories. You know, the True Stories. I don't know if it's .org or com or what. You'll find a good one to watch. But the whole New Age movement and to do with this kind of stuff. And it's called Gods of the New Age. Gods of the New Age. It's well worth looking at to see the reality behind the whole New Age movement in the place where they took all this stuff from with chakras and yoga and 
and all of that kind of stuff. And you'll see how they're worshipped. And you'll see all these, these youngsters coming over from America back in the 60s and 70s literally bowing on their knees as these yogis pass them because they're gods. And the amount of mind control is phenomenal because India is an ancient land with ancient techniques of, of mind control. Well studied. And that's been used and marketed in the West, has been for a long time now, to bring in this new age coupled with a scientific dictatorship or scientific priesthood. And this is to manage all our lives. And it's taken off. It was aimed primarily at the female. Why the female? Because they understand the female psychology and they, they knew that they could bring it in, this in through the female. Why? It's been done before, a long, long time ago. And that's why they were so certain of it. But for the males at the top, yeah, they're now calling it intergenerational sex to tidy up the, the term. Just like they call it bioethics rather than eugenics after Hitler gave it a bad name, that they've given this intergenerational sex rather than pedophilia. But every great one, as I say, needs their apprentice, the sorcerer's apprentice, and it's a very, very close relationship indeed. And you'll find at the top, and you find in all countries too, you have this law that says you must be tried for crimes by your own peer group. Well, you understand that they are above the commoners. They're not in the commoners group. So they get tried by, they can only be tried by their own peer group. And they don't have those laws at the top. So they don't break laws, technically. So they can't be tried. And if they were tried, it would have to be by their own peer group, by their own rules and regulations. And that's why they get off with it. You found the same thing in the Albigensian movement where the last crusade and they make a big thing about them being persecuted you always hear about persecution down through history people hide behind persecution we have to find out what they were up to the other side of the story and the Albigenses and Cathars had a higher group in the bishop category and they had bishops that were the perfecti when you were perfected you can go into all kinds of debauchery because the laws that affect the common people no longer applied to you as one who was perfected. The Scottish Rite of Freemasonry calls itself the Rite of Perfection. These are continuations down through history. They're not broken. They're continuations of the same thing. And you'll find the, the, these Masonic lodges in the 1800s had big brothels attached to them. Even the ones in the 1700s Benjamin Franklin belonged to Dashwood's one in High Wycombe, England. But it wasn't just an ordinary brothel. These women were high-class carriers of specific genes. And if you served the great work well, you were allowed to have intercourse with these dollies. A dolly is a carrier. The offspring is what they were after. That was a high honor. Jackie Kennedy's ancestor was the head of that one they had at High Wycombe and there's still relatives in France today that are descended from them as well as Jackie Kennedy herself Bouvier was her name 
a few years ago in the London papers, they dug up the floorboards of that particular place and they found the skeletons of little babies. That was in national papers. And old Ben Franklin was a member. We're dealing with a movement down through time. And many of these people you'll see, look at all the presidents who are all related to kings of England. You can Wikipedia and do a search. It's astounding. Pretty well, every one of them is. And which ones do they go back to? It's Edward I, primarily. Big movement down through time. It had oppositions it had to destroy on the way. It would take centuries sometimes to destroy major oppositions. Now they have no opposition left. And they're steamrolling ahead. And they're, they're showing their teeth very openly to the public who are oblivious of it. Oblivious of what's really happening. You can do anything with a completely dumbed-down, ignorant public. And they are. Now we've got Guy from Arizona. Are you there, Guy? Hey, good evening, Alan. It's Guy from Arkansas, not Arizona. Oh, okay. That's okay, no problem. Hey, um, I called you uh, either with last week or the week before about uh, talking about the female-male um, newscasters uh, flipping off in between each other and changing the left brain, right brain uh, paradigm. Uh, of course, the female is the is the submissive, and the male is the dominant. So they they talk between themselves to switch the brain from right brain, left brain, and confuse you. And and you had a you had a great agreement upon that uh, that point of view. I, I want to bring a point uh, that remember lately, the, the main the main the main actually the reason for them doing that is you're seeing two people agree with each other before you, and that encourages you to agree with what they're saying too. That's how psychology works. It, yeah, you're right exactly because now you have a left brain right brain agreeing, so there's the third member. Yeah, and you're observer, so you will you will nod your head in approval. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, believe me. I, it's I, just like the the laughing stuff they give the, the canned laughter on comedies that you your Pavlovian style you respond and laugh. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah you, you're so on. Um, my my point here tonight is to make people aware that a um, a rival um, uh, internet radio station has adopted this um, male female. Um, uh, format, mm-hmm. and uh, some people who are who are junkies like me that that listen every chance they can. They they know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and um, and I just and I'm just wondering if um, my question to you is this: Do you think that when a programming um, institution takes upon this right brain, left brain, female, male? Uh, format, you think they have been compromised to some degree? And, and Alan, uh, with appreciation to the other callers, I'll take your answer off the, off the air. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I have no doubt. Uh, I mean, you'll find in all, when all shows are, are geared on selling, uh, then they, they adopt what's current in the marketing techniques, and therefore they adopt the same technique that you're used to getting on a daily basis on TV and radio. And therefore, they're becoming mainstream with the same techniques 
uh, including uh, live feedovers from music and, and feeding different stuff in during the conversation and the background music, which creates an emotional effect and, and imprints the subject deeper within you. These are, again, uh, marketing and psychological techniques which definitely are used. And as they emulate mainstream more and more and more, uh, they'll become more successful as far as marketing and selling goes. And generally you'll find most of them are selling-based, regardless of, of what movement they pretend to, to stand for. It's really uh, marketing and selling. That's behind it all. Everyone eventually copies um, L.A. and Hollywood. That's what they do. Everyone eventually copies that, those techniques because the public are conditioned that this is now normal and they expect to hear that kind of stuff given to them. They don't question all the work that goes into it, the whys that go into it behind the background, behind the noises. Why are they there now? Why can't they just speak without this, this particular music or whatever? These are techniques to drive you. It's a form, again, of psychic driving, which is well understood in, in, in marketing. Now I've got uh, Mike in California. Are you there, Mike? Oh, hi, Alan. Actually, it's Mark from California. Is it Mark, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I talked to you before, and we kind of ran out of time, so I wanted to call back and follow up with this. We, I asked you about the different factions vying for power, and you, you explained to me that, you know, power was consolidated in the 19th century, and that basically at this point it's only one group in charge of this movement. Mm -hmm. um, what were the factions before power was consolidated? The, the factions, uh, although the same bunch that run the world today were always behind the scenes, uh, maybe less connected in some areas, but they're still connected. You had the, the major religions. You had, the, especially in America, you had a very strong uh, religious types, although they were becoming schismatic and breaking up into smaller sects and groups and differences and so on. But you also had uh, the Catholic religion uh, that, if nothing else, it certainly did have the best intelligence network in the world, and they knew about what was coming. They knew what was behind the revolutions in the centuries, like, like the, the French Revolution and so on. And they knew that the, there were forces working not just to destroy them. They knew why they were going to be destroyed. That was also part of it. They knew that Freemasonry was the interconnecting link between all these other associations, and that is true today. You'll find Freemasonry is the one interconnecting link through all of these groups, even all the New Age and, and the, through, through the Eastern Star and all the other branches they have. That's the web work that, that initially kept them all together. Now they're consolidated as a single unit of economics, um, military, political, media, scientific power, educational power. It's all consolidated now into one. Do you see more of this emanating from British Freemasonry? From British what? Freemasonry. <clears throat> There's no doubt Britain was one, and then the man who came in from France, not Scotland, to start up what they called the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry uh, in America, uh, that definitely w was, uh, was part of it. You can't go anywhere in the history of uh, since the 1500s without meeting Rosicrucianism and then Freemasonry. Uh, you can't go anywhere in the world without finding the, the, the same handshakes, the same stances, etc. You, you can't go back into ancient history without finding it. Uh, because, because it seems when the, uh, King Henry VIII and the, and the Anglican Church, it seems that it started moving towards the British side of things, and that's kind of what I was Yeah, 
yeah, definitely with Henry VIII, the big schism there, and um, and, and he became the head of the Anglican Church uh, for a long time. At the royalty still is today the head of the Anglican Church, not the Archbishop. But um, even a lot of their members now are going over to Catholicism uh, because they realize that their own church is perverted and decayed from within. And it truly is. It's, it's diabolical within its ideas, what's happening within it, yeah. And, and one last thing, and I'll, I'll let other callers come in. If you can just comment about where the Jesuits are in, in as, as a player in today, or if, or if the Jesuits were just more of a thing of the past under the Catholic old world order system. Yeah, Jesuits today are, are pretty well finished as far as, as what they used to be. Um, they, there's no doubt about it. They were into everything in, in, in times gone by, and then it was into the middle of the, the 1900s. Um, the Jesuits once again turned the, their backs on their own popes and became the, the pushers of what they call liberation theology, which was a form of Marxism they tried to blend with Christianity. It was neither one nor the other, but they were going their own way with it. They were heavily involved in revolutions in Latin America and elsewhere. But uh, today there's still a very good intelligence network, but uh, even Malachi Martin said it, um, that all the top uh, denominations of the Catholic Church now in Rome are all Freemasonic, including the, all the higher archbishops and probably the Pope himself. Well, thanks a lot, Alan. And thanks for calling. And so, yep, uh, Freemasonry has worked its way into everything. And we see the results of it today. Once in, they decayed. They did the same thing with the Christian sects within America. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And we've got Robert from Nova Scotia on the line. Are you there, Robert? Uh, good evening, Alan. Hi, uh, I, hi, I'm doing well. Thanks. I uh, just have one question for you. Um, I was reading the other day that uh, Washington, D.C. was created uh, by the amalgamation of part of the state of Virginia and the state of Maryland. And uh, if you take the first word off of each state, you have uh, Virgin and Mary. And I was just wondering, uh, is that is the Virgin Mary, is that uh, signify, like, since Washington, D.C. is the District of Columbia, is the Virgin Mary Columbia? It, technically, so I mean, Columbia comes from uh, Columbia means the dove, mm -hmm. and if you go into even the ancient Egypt, you'll see the dove coming down. They, they use that later in Christianity as well, meaning the spirit comes down, and and uh, it's also uh, a Columbine. That's why Columbine High School came into it. It had five. Yeah, it's, it's a five-pointed star. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a five-pointed star. It's a column as well, which is an obelisk, mm -hmm. and it's also. Um, the dove, the spiritual one that comes down and gives pers uh, someone life, you might say. But you understand in masonry too, they also use the female as the church. So Isis is also the church. And they, the members, are the body because Osiris was cut up into 14 parts. They all get together afterwards once they bring in their, their order. Once the, the last purge was over and they, they weren't all killed, they formed the new body to start the, the course of history over again and they call themselves the body of the church. They're talking about an occult church here, and they always use the same symbols down through history. Okay. The, uh, so you had the, the original 13 colonies, and then um, doesn't, uh, the, wasn't there like a 14th 
piece missing, something to do with ISIS. Uh-huh. Yeah, they never find the 14th part, so the, the builders make it themselves that happens to be the, 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 the penis, the golden penis. Right, right. And that's the golden fire. And then all the philosophers since were called golden thigh, like golden thigh Pythagoras, etc. Okay. That, that means that from your loins comes a perfect specimen through eugenics and, and through breeding. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Alan. Thanks for calling. Have a good evening. Bye. Bye now. Yeah, they always go behind a cover of what's prevalent, so you will see it from one angle through your conditioning. They have an inner meaning for themselves behind. And there's no doubt Washington, D.C. It, it was drafted up by Oliphant. <clears throat> they brought over from, from France, and then they brought over the big the big Statue of Liberty, a sort of a mathematic figure with the, the spikes or the rays of light coming out the head, which they also had in ancient roads. And that's why you've got a Rhode Island down that way too. It's not too far. You've got ancient roads was a capital in the ancient world in the, in the Meds or up in the GNC <clears throat> for trade and commerce. And that's where the rich at one time all lived. And you had the Colossus, which was the same as the Statue of Liberty, basically. Uh, only it, it uh, did not have the gown on. In those days, you could have it naked. It eventually collapsed in a massive earthquake, I believe, and it was sold to a trader from the Middle East for scrap value, so they say in the history books. That's what I remember by it. Now, for those who want to keep me going and help me along, you know to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, and you can either buy the stuff I for sale there. There's not a lot there right now. I'm too busy doing these talks to write, but I'm, I'm at it. I'm getting into it big time shortly. And you can also contribute and donate to keep me going because it takes money to do so. So from a, a sprayed and thundery and harped sky, harp, H-A-A-R-P, from Ontario, Canada, and from the dog, Amish, it's good night. Send me your God or your gods go with you. 